0: Well welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we have intentional conversations about the gospel and we desire to talk about theological truth. Thanks for joining us. We hope you can learn and grow and be fed through this. Boker Tove. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. There was a slight pause there. <laughs> I got nervous as what to say. <laughs> happy, 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 happy days. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. This one's coming at you live today. Live today. Look at that. It's Reformation month still. Yep. That's my favorite time of the year. I have some pumpkin spice on tapped. Luther's indulgence that I didn't make strong enough. Do you think
1: Luther would have liked being paired with the spice of the season? No. I don't think so either.
0: But let's read what it says.
1: Maybe he would.
0: It says, So focused was Luther on the corruption of Rome. He never noticed his ever-growing vice—a fresh hot cup of pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy. Uh, Luther's indulgence—the one he would buy. Ugh. But um,
1: that's so funny to me. Hey,
0: if you like pumpkin spice coffee, I made it really well yesterday, and it was very good. It smells very good. Today it I didn't make it strong good. enough. It's not—it's ground. It's not beans, and I'm good with beans. Ground coffee—I'm really bad at making. So we'll try again tomorrow. It is the
1: best smelling coffee that you've
0: brought. It is. It it really is really good. They have it all the way through November, so you should uh, should get you a bag. It's kind of expensive, but it's a big bag. It'll last you a while. It's a pound. Um, that's on tap. We still got a little bit of Atonement and Edwards and Owen. Uh, i'm supposed to be getting a couple bags from a birthday so that's exciting hey
1: hey yeah you're gonna be a quarter of a century old yeah.
0: shout out to aiden his birthday's today wow he, he look how close I you guys are his best friend
1: even in birthdays
0: my buddy <laughs> um it's i called him this morning i said yo happy birthday and i'm yelling in the phone it's 8 30 in the morning he said bro this this stinks i'm like hold on it's your birthday he's like bro my dad reminded me, I'm 25 years closer to death. And, and well, No, no, what? excuse <laughs> one, me, that didn't one make any year sense. Closer? He said, I'm a year closer to death and I'm 25 years away from 50. Well, you're 15, you're about to be 15 away from 40. Oh, I know. And he said, Bro, like my whole body hurts thinking about oh, it. Oh, my. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Shut. That's so I'm ridiculous. taking him to lunch. It's his birthday. Tomorrow is Evans's birthday. And then next week or whatever date it is. It's 25th. Is that Sunday? No, 12 festivals. Monday is it's Mondays, my brother in law. It's a busy month. Mm. So, but yeah, pumpkin spice is my delight. So, <laughs> we got some brought to you by Beller Donuts. Oh, man. We got a couple of donuts We've on tap. Had some Sorry, too. Jamie. Uh, you have not been able to partake in these today, yeah. but we are having a good time in this room.
1: We also treated ourselves to a Reformation Month gift. We did. I'm well, talking about our, our shirts. Ten of Brussels Post Tenebris Lux. Yes, and those are fire,
0: literally. <laughs> they have, they literally have fire on them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't awesome. got the worm on yet. I'm wearing it um, this week. Shout out to Jesse on making sure we got those. Thank you. Yes. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm excited. That shirt's really cool. It's got a story to it. And so, those man, Missional wears shirts. Yeah. They're new. Have you looked at some of their newest ones? Yeah. They are so good. <laughs> it, it is
1: it is one of the sites that I yeah. frequent. I have it. Say it's pulled up actually right favorites. now. I'm
0: looking at um, a poster from my office. There you go. Um, here's a how how about this? If you bought a Five solo shirt, we still have a couple. Um, I'm going to tell you what sizes we got because I know a couple people were wondering. We still, do you mean if you haven't bought one? Yeah, if you haven't. Well, I'm going to if you haven't bought one, I have something for you too. Oh, okay. But we got we got a small. We got two smalls. It looks like a medium, I know for sure. And so, like, uh, you might want to hurry up and get you one. Um, but if you did get a shirt, let me tell you a little story. So, Asa, uh, he wore his yesterday, and because of the shirt he had on it started a conversation, yes. another guy was wearing some kind of theology shirt. I think it might have been Five Solars. I can't wow. remember. And they start a conversation. He just moved here and is looking for a church. So
1: yes. hopefully he's going to become an oh, ace man. of the church. Yeah. That so was the you, whole plan for these If
0: things. you don't think t-shirts start gospel conversations, I don't know what hole you are living in. <laughs> because they do. They I, do. The shirt I was wearing yesterday, I, I wore it thinking we were filming yesterday. Um, and so... didn't happen. I wore my Monday Men one. Shout out to my men. But... Uh, it said, "Heaven is my home. I'm just here recruiting." Mm-hmm. Had somebody at Buffalo Wild Wings comment about it? I'm like, man, mm-hmm. just start just point. Throw that rock in that shoe. That's all I'm doing. I want you to get the other one you told me about last night. Preach the gospel, die, be forgotten. There it is. It and it has a tomb on it. I yeah. mean, it's kind of like. And I told the students that transformed. Like, oh, that's harsh. Like, yeah. yeah. But what is the point of your life though? <laughs> yeah. And it was it's a quote from I don't remember if he was I don't remember what era he was in. I think he was a pastor, but it was preach the gospel, die, be forgotten. All right. Now yeah. if you're like, man, that's harsh. Well, let me tell you why. Only your only purpose in life is glorify God. So yeah. for us, preach the gospel. Well,
1: whose whose name are we to be made known? Not Absolutely. ours. That's
0: right. At the end of the day, who are we to be reflecting? Yeah. Magnifying yeah. Jesus. So
1: Man, we got some good stuff. We do. I'm, we need to, I'm all jacked up today. We need to announce the giveaway. Is that winners. time? Yeah, we have two since we didn't do one last week. We will have two. We don't have the bookmarks in here. We do They're have here. an example. We have them. Yeah, we have all the giveaways. They're just not in this room. Right. We have
0: one because I'm yeah. modeling it. Yeah. But um, we have the coffee cups.
1: Yes says coffee with Vern on the front.
0: Uh, oh, it's, it's got coffee in it, so let me do a number. <laughs> Slowly it's very it. hot coffee. <laughs> um, on the back is the five solas, which is on the T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And these are limited edition. Yes. Can't just get these anywhere, people. Okay, <laughs> Can't go to Marshall's. Can't go to Marshall's. Get them for two bucks. Can't go to Ross to get that 150 deal because it was too expensive at Marshall's. <laughs> Like, you got to get it here. Um, And so we're going to announce the two winners to those first two. And then we have another giveaway or two giveaways. Yeah,
1: today's giveaway is going to be the The um, mug and the bookmarks. Mm -hmm. And And then then we'll post today that the next one is the journal.
0: The journal. It's it's nice. It's what I use. I don't have mine with me, but I use one of these kind of journals for my quiet times. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Is it that time? Yeah. Tell me who the winner is for the mug. Brittany Williamson. There you go. One of our number one fans, she shared that thing. She followed the the right rules of sharing the <laughs> podcast, the post. podcast episode, um, and so if you didn't do that, you have an opportunity to win other ones though. But we got Brittany Williamson. You have won yourself, and you can redeem this mug tomorrow night at church if you're here. Hope to see you there. Okay. She'll, she'll be here. <laughs> um, and, and so then,
1: then we had the uh, set of theologian bookmarks.
0: Yes, and this was a this is a double giveaway. We're gonna give it to a husband and wife. Yeah, husband wife team. Jim and Elise Chatfield together. Yay. You're gonna have to split these bookmarks Gotta because Miss the, Elise, I know how you don't want Jim spending any more money on books, and I gave him a recommendation last night. So here's some
1: bookmarks <laughs> so to mark all those. Now he's got a ton of bookmarks. There you go.
0: So you have <laughs> one yourself some bookmarks. We will be handing those to Brother Jim before he leaves today. <laughs> so, hey, now I will say, if you like bookmarks, come on, man these are good yeah
1: these are what i have in my books at but, home but here's the thing too practically if you read a lot of books you know how much time you go hunting for a bookmark
0: me i make post-it i flip post-it uh notes and they turn into my bookmarks and i'm tired of that my, mine always end up
1: being west acres business cards stickers and, or postcards i've seen
0: yours being a sticker yeah you usually got some random shit i I've very used much starbucks napkins in yeah, college
1: exactly so it's coffee nice filters. to have actual bookmarks at
0: hand. Systematic book has a coffee filter in it. Yeah, there you um, go. I use what you got to use. So we want to spot <laughs> you with some good stuff. We have two other giveaways. We got some stickers and we got a journal. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do something like this probably at Puritan Month too because it's yeah. just fun. Yeah. But... Thank you all for all of your love and support and wanting to get out the truth of the gospel. At the end of the day, that's all we care about. Mm -hmm. So, thank you. Today, let me just go ahead and preface. Uh, Jesse has done a lot of the labor for today's conversation. Um, And that is, throw the stone at me, that's fine. Um, This episode was supposed to be last week transform wore me out and i was like huh who are we talking about (laughs) uh we today's gonna bounce back and forth we want to give a light conversation though on two guys that are not talked about a lot but Mm. are successors of two big name huge names big boys that did not like each other (laughs) they hated each other what's who do you want to start out with you want to start with heinrich or would you like to start Uh, with philip melanchthon let's start out with melanchthon all right so melanchthon was the successor of martin luther Brother Luther.
1: Brother Luther. He was the successor and really friend. Uh, yeah, a good, like good friend. But, but this is what's so funny to me. It, it, how was how was Martin Luther characteristically?
0: Uh, it's like pretty harsh. Yeah, he was a like harsh, you,
1: brash, <laughs> spitfire. Black and white baby. Yeah. Yeah. So how was Melanchthon the characteristically?
0: Melanchthon?
1: Not. He was very mild and meek. He was very mi- He very much fulfilled... Blessed are the meek.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They called him the honeycomb of the Reformation. Yeah. Why? The the quiet
1: reform. Well. I mean, honey is sweet? Sweet, I guess. I don't know. Uh, You know? I have him as the quiet reformer, which is very much what he was. I mean, I think I would agree. Whereas Martin, and, and Martin Luther said this, whereas Martin was a spear... Melanchthon was uh, pins and needles. Yeah, light jabs. (laughs) Light jabs, very detailed. Martin Luther went to the heart. Yeah, I
0: read about Luther today in the book that I'm finishing up, Rejoice and Tremble, and it was
1: harsh. Melanchthon wanted to make sure that people understood the details of what Martin Luther was getting at. And so he was very much the first uh, systematic theologian. And so he wanted to make sure that the ideas that... Martin Luther was trying to get across that people could understand them. Right. And know where they're coming from and why Martin believed that. Right. So that's what, he was a very important and person in that way. Something. So this was a
0: book, uh, Philip Melanchthon was going to be who I did my paper on in college mm-hmm. for church history. And there's just not a lot out there on him. And so no. my my professor's like, hey, bro, you, uh, you might want to do something different. But <laughs> I bought this book in college because I was, it's a biography on Melanchthon. And uh, I remember marking this quote because I thought this was real. This said a lot about who Melanchthon was, that he was the younger colleague of Luther. So you see almost like a Paul and Timothy effect. Well, they're
1: both second generation reformers in that way. Yeah, Um, Uh, because we talked about first generation guys last week um, or two weeks ago, but he was a prodigy. Oh, yeah. He was a genius. I mean, he went to university at the age of 12. He was orphaned at 10. I mean, we went to university at, at sixteen was yeah. crazy. No, this this guy went to university 12.
0: at twelve. and see what that's that's a think about your average twelve year old today. <laughs> Let me think of bowl cut James at twelve. <laughs> I know. Hey, no, can you uh, what? <laughs> like that? That was me. <laughs> Mom, can you cut the crust off the sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Like that was my twelve year old days. <laughs> Did, am I braces or hurt my braces are hurting? Uh, my Oh, you didn't give me enough Doritos in my lunch. <laughs> like that is. Can someone please punch a hole in my juice pouch? Like (laughs) now we got kids. Sorry, we we went on tangent there, but I enjoyed
1: that because I had a bowl cut. Okay, Uh, but he it was a prodigy. He was a smart dude. He was yeah. He was really smart. Yeah, and so um, he wound up at Wittenberg Mm -hmm. in 1519 at the age of 22, just as the Reformation was heating up. Oh, dude. And, it, and heated, it was. Yes, very much. That same year, he accompanied Luther to the Leipzig Disputation, which is where Luther took on Johann Eck over papal authority, purgatory indulgences. He was there with Luther and all of that. So he was also there, interestingly enough, when Luther debated Zwingli.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, which is funny to me. Like, it's just funny to me. Some of these guys like, were very at odds. But how much they did at the end of the day, yeah, that worked for good together.
1: Well, see what it's, and we'll get in that with Bullinger. But a lot of the second um, generation reformers tried to unify all the different correct. Reformation movements. This is correct because there was mm-hmm.
0: a lot. You think about the countries. There's a Reformation going on in Europe as a whole, but Britain or England. Let's just say England, France. Germany, 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 Scotland, Switzerland. Yeah, all these different areas. Yeah. It's amazing. I want to remind everybody, they were unified on Jesus. Yes. At the end, they were unified on the gospel truth. These were other areas that they weren't unified on. Like, let's use an example. I'm sorry, I'm not going to take another bite. John Calvin and Martin Luther differed on the Lord's Supper. Supper. Those are the areas that they would differ, but they were unified on the gospel at the end of the day. And that's a great reminder for
1: us today in the church. absolutely. So Melanchthon just accompanied Luther throughout his life, basically. Everywhere Luther went, Melanchthon was there. Yeah, that's why I said it's like a Paul and Timothy thing. I almost view him kind of like your fact checker, like, Luther makes a statement, and then Melanchthon would come up and say, hey, this is why. He also represented Luther uh, in 1530 at Augsburg, since Luther was an outlaw at this point. Yes. So he even drafted the Augsburg Confession. But this is where things started getting a little here we go crazy for Melanchthon, love a little it. a little hairy, it's, because this is where he and Luther started disagreeing on things. Oh yes, yeah. see,
0: so, so which is predominantly what a lot of people know about Melanchthon and Luther. Yeah, because most of the biographies say that Luther and Melanchthon um, were at odds. Like yeah. they just they don't talk about how close they really were. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So. And, and because of this, a lot of Luther's followers did not like Melanchthon because they said that, that he dulled Luther's bold movement, made it too docile. But again, Melanchthon's, his thing was that he wanted to make sure that people understood. So he was very much in the details of it. Right. Um, and so they disagreed on a lot of stuff. One of the things they disagreed on was uh, the bondage of the will. Yeah. Yes, we just so, talked about that. Yeah. Um. They also disagreed. Surprise, surprise. On the Lord's Supper. <laughs>
0: I knew they disagreed on that.
1: Yeah. And so a, a lot of that caused a lot of rift between the Lutheran movement. Like we said before, the first systematic theologian. Yeah, and the I've got a
0: quote about that. The, I'm glad you you know you bring that up. Um. It says this. Uh, this is something we can learn as ministers. A tireless and talented scholar, he systemized evangelical theology while Luther polemicized. Yeah. This puts it a bit too simply for Melanchthon, indeed engaged in polemic as well, but his theological textbooks, biblical commentaries, and ecumenical work, and the authorship of key confessions were vital in solidifying the intellectual rigor and rational consistency of the new evangelical theology. Theology.
1: So explain polemics to people because it very much fits very much fits. How Luther's. would
0: you how would you define it first? It, it was
1: almost like it was more of what you stand against yes. in light of what you were for, instead of it just explaining what you were for.
0: It's like a it's an attack on the things that you disagree with. Right. Right, so polemics could be defined as, like, attacking the things you disagree with. Like, for me, it would be, like, prosperity gospel. I'm going to attack that because I strongly disagree with it. Right. So that was that's one of my polemical, I guess, convictions. Stances, yeah. Does yeah, so that mm-hmm. make sense?
1: Yeah, and so whereas Luther was more polemic.
0: Yeah, very much attacking the things he disagreed with. Right. Melanchthon was more scholarly in it yes and when i say that it. he was more intellectual of processing yeah which there's a healthy balance in both like i think for me i i mean i'll be the first to tell you i kind of air more with luther i'm i'm bold to say oh that's wrong because mm-hmm. it's against scripture um and but there's a lot to learn from Melanchthon because in yeah. taking that time to process, you give time yeah. for the spirit to open other doors.
1: Well, see, that's why I like Luther and Melanchthon. They're a very good balance. Balance each yeah, other very well. Martin was like, ah, you know, punched you in the face. Um, Melanchthon is like, well, let me explain to you why he just punched you in the face. I feel like that's <laughs> me and you as friends. <laughs> yeah, I could see
0: that. I'm the one that's like, ah, punch in the face. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, th- and I think there's a lot to learn from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting interesting relationship that it had, but it's something amazing. It's just cool how God works. Yeah. And and really, here's something that I took away in studying both of them is discipleship.
1: Yeah, yeah. Discipleship,
0: because that's what Luther was practicing at the end of the day with Melanchthon was make discipleship. Make sure the next generation was prepared. Preparing the, the next, mm-hmm. yep. Because where will we be without a Melanchthon who took what Luther had fought for and carried and moved forward? Um, I tell you, younger people, if you're out there listening, like a good takeaway is you need to find somebody to pour into that's older than you, a mentor. Yeah. You know, Jesse's 10 years older than me. He's got more, he's got 10 years of wisdom I don't have. <laughs> right. And so
1: it's good stuff. It's yeah. exciting. But yeah. Well, let's move on to sorry. Zwingli's successor. The pumpkin spice has stirred within a book. <coughs> that old Excuse spice. Excuse me.
0: It's good stuff though. I will say, sidebar, that's a good that's a good blend. Yeah. Do you like spicy coffee? Spicy coffee. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so Hi- <laughs> Heinrich Bullinger. Yeah. I successor to the one and only who you love. He was funny to me. Ulrich Zwingli. Ulrich Zwingli. The Swiss reformer. The sausage man. The sausage man he was. <laughs> yep. I will never forget. There's Me a, either Me Ah, what's the name of it? Oh, I'm going to. I got it. I got it. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up while we begin right. this conversation with
1: him. So Heinrich Bullinger was only a little bit old, uh, younger than Melanchthon. He was born in 1504. Uh, he was regarded as the most influential second-generation reformer. Mm-hmm. Whereas Melanchthon was the first systematic theologian of the Reformation, Bollinger was regarded as the most influential of the second-generation reformers. Yep. And again, like we said, he's the successor to Zwingli in Zurich. Uh, this was interesting that you and I both thought was amazing. During his 44 years as chief minister in Zurich, his writings exceeded that of Luther, yep. Calvin, And Zwingli combined. Yes, that (laughs) blew my mind. Yeah. Especially when I think
0: of Calvin and Luther and all that they wrote. Yeah. I mean, Luther
1: translated the New Testament into German. Yeah. Well, and we'll we'll get into why and how he was able to do that. And he was uh, born to a uh, parish priest. Now tell me what's wrong with that sentence. Parish priest? Yeah, tell me what's wrong with a parish priest having a son. Oh yeah. Priests can't have kids. Yeah. So how does that can't get married? So interesting. Oops. Yeah, no. So what happened was his father was able to be married because he was giving a bishop a yearly tribute. You let me get married. I'll tell you something. new. was talking
0: about this. It's going behind
1: the back yeah. of the people, man. They like, yeah. Well, if you give me so-and-so money every year, you can get married, <laughs> which is crazy yeah. when you think about yeah. So he was born, born to a priest. Um, but he uh, he was groomed to be a priest. He was. So he was. that he was, was his trajectory that. in life. It was already planned out for him. He was to be a priest. And at 12, again, we see 12. These two have more in common than, than we realized. At 12, he was sent to a monastic school, which is basically a school in a monastery run by monks or nuns. Yes. In 1519, he went to the University of Cologne, where he began to study theology. He also started reading writings mm-hmm. of... Martin Luther. Correct. Very influential. And what's funny is he was reading this at the time where they were burning his
0: books. I'm reading the stuff that's taking place, is essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when they're like handed him books, like, hey, throw it in the fire. He's like, Oh yeah, sure, stuff it in his back pocket and read it later. You know, like Rebel. Yeah. I I mean he is reading the things that they don't want him to read and it completely opened his eyes to the authority of Scripture. Yes. And it's not that he got converted because of these guys. He was converted because they led him to Scripture. He started reading Scripture of his own accord, Mm -hmm. and that led to his conversion.
0: What happens when the people grab the Scriptures, man? It illuminates.
1: Yep. So all that happened when he was 17. So in 1523, so this is all, nobody knows this. This is all very much Mm -hmm. in secret, what he thinks. In 1523, he became the head teacher of a school. It was a convent. Basically, where he instructed monks from Catholic monks from the New Testament and introduced Reformed teachings, replaced Mass with Protestant worship, and many of his monks uh, converted to become Reformed ministers. It's amazing. <laughs> All it's under amazing. a Catholic roof. Nobody knew.
0: Well, it's kind of uh, like Wycliffe, you know, he was mm-hmm. in the catholic church but definitely teaching against yeah
1: absolutely so then he met uh zwingli in 1527 when he traveled uh to zurich and he accompanied zwingli to the disputation at Bern. and so at that point zwingli had bollinger on his radar like okay this kid knows what he's talking about (laughs) right and so uh he kept close tabs on uh bollinger uh who also, after this, married a Reformed nun. <laughs>
0: I'm a priest's son who married a nun.
1: <laughs> this man had 11 children, This and this will speak to his character later. He had 11 children and then adopted more. So he was very much into the discipleship, into the serving of the others and stuff like that. Um, and so that is when he started his writing. He started his commentaries on the New Testament. That began his writing, and it, it continued for the rest of his life. But the turning point for Bollinger for his rise as chief minister, October 11th, 1531, five Catholic states declared war on uh, Zurich. Zwingli was killed in this battle. So this is how Zwingli dies. Yep. And so Zurich was forced to accept unfavorable terms. A lot of the um, region reverted to Catholicism. Uh, So, you know, Switzerland was in this very teeter-totter kind of state at this point. Bullinger started getting threatened because he was... I said that funny. Bullinger started getting threatened. Threatened. (laughs) He started getting threatened, but then he fled. But he didn't flee to where you would think like, flee in the forest, flee to some obscure part. He went right to Zurich, (laughs) went right to Zwingli's pulpit and preached. Mm. That's what he did. He preached with such passion and authority that the people of Zurich thought that Zwingli had risen from the ashes. Only six weeks later... Only six weeks later, he was only 27 years old. He was unanimously elected by the Council of Zurich to replace Swingley as chief minister. Yep. Six weeks later, 27 years old. For the first 10 years, he preached six to seven times a week, which we see is pretty common for reform pastors. Yeah, I mean, give you a gauge, Calvin preached 10 times a
0: week. So, you know, it was all anywhere from five to 10.
1: But then we get to a point where we discover why he wrote so much and how he was able to... After uh, 1542, he only preached twice a week, and every other day, he wrote. (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, every other day, he wrote. So 1542, how old was he? He was 35. Yeah. So this is where uh, we were talking about his character. He's very pastoral, very servant-minded. He opened his house to anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, like literally his door was open. People could just come in and stay. He would give them food openly. Mm. He would give them clothing openly.
0: He Uh, he practiced the call of the church. Yeah,
1: he would give them lodging openly, and he would give them money openly. Yeah, You know, he was very open to the orphans, orphans, the widows, the exiles, which is biblical. If you are blessed, you are to bless others. That's right. Um, But this was cool too. He very much opened it to persecuted brethren a lot of persecuted English uh, believers would run to Zurich and stay with him Hmm. because of Bloody Mary.
0: Who, we taught, oh gosh, Bloody Mary, man. Yeah. Killed over some 300 people.
1: It was crazy. So so during her reign, he saw a lot of persecuted English Protestants stay in his house. Hmm. Uh, Some of who became, I don't have the names, some of who became very influential Puritans just flowing right into the next. We need to find out that information. I need to dig. We got to dig. And then, to round it all out, he co-authored the Helvetic Confession in 1536, uh, which was Switzerland's first national confession. And then, speaking to the unifying aspect of the second generation, he met with John Calvin and William Farrell to try and rectify Protestant disagreements over specifically the Lord's Supper.
0: Farrell, man. Farrell and Calvin. What a... Which are we talked about him? This I think we are. Farrell,
1: yeah, I think we're talking about him next
0: week. We need to. He's there's. Uh, what would Calvin have done without Farrell right. bugging him about coming to Geneva? <laughs> Honestly,
1: so Bullinger is described as being wise and balanced.
0: What's cool about both these guys though is they followed as successors of honest bulls in the China shop. Yeah, you know we talk a lot about the big boys of the Reformation and and the big boys of The Puritan age. Yeah, we forget about those who did just as much on the back end, Mm -hmm. because sometimes the back end's the harder life.
1: Yeah,
0: you gotta wait for fruit. You gotta be patient. Yeah, you know, yeah. Thanks be to God for Luther and the sausage boy who paved the way. Who, even
1: though they disagreed. Yeah, yeah. So and it's okay to disagree. Yeah, and and that speaks to that too.
0: You know, it is. You can disagree on Melanchthon and Martin tertiary
1: luther disagreed and they were still great friends yeah
0: and they agreed on first tertiary they agreed on the gospel yeah but and there there's hills to die on there's hills to not die on with that and there's great lessons in that as well but um i love the reformation Mm -hmm. i love the reformers um because they have paved the way for us to do what we do today yeah some 500 and is it four years later yes 2021 504 years later, here we are because of men that stood up and said, scriptura is authority. Yeah. Sola scriptura. There's a, I'll 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 kind of close with saying this, I guess. There's a sticker, t-shirt, coffee cup, everything that has this phrase on it. And I was really trying to think through it yesterday. Um, But it says always reforming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, what it, how, what's the takeaway from that? You know, we define reform Like, what does that mean as it's like turning back and changing to the foundation? But always, meaning, always reforming means always looking at the scriptures and making sure we're in line. Mm -hmm. Man, that is such a great thing to be reminded of. And um, I would encourage you, you know, as you listeners, to always be desiring of returning back to the way of the scriptures in your life. Man, it's just, every time I study the Reformation, I study these guys, I'm encouraged. Um, I'm reminded that this call is of higher calling. Mm -hmm. There have been guys that have paved the way for me and ladies who have paved the way. Martin Luther's wife being so influential, they, they have paved the way for us to be able to do what we do. And so we shouldn't take it for granted good stuff jesse mm-hmm. next week we'll be back on track we'll be good for everything yeah. right <laughs> yeah. we won't skip out another week we're sorry y'all um uh, so transform didn't a number on me i was yeah i was dead I, teaching five times in one weekend is tough bro <laughs> it is tough um it was so fruitful but it was tough and mm. so but, hey, until then, man, enjoy you a nice cup of pumpkin spice. Um, <laughs> I encourage you to go get the pumpkin cold brew from Starbucks. It's very good. Pumpkin cream cold brew. You don't like
1: coffee. Mm-mm. That's why I'm making that face. It's Chiefson. It's a chief sin. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but, again... Uh, Shout out to Brittany Williamson. We have your mug. You can come pick that up tomorrow if you'd like, or tomorrow night I'll be here. Um, Jim, we'll see you in about two minutes with your (laughs) bookmarks. And, uh, hey, uh, make sure to advertise this episode. We still have two more giveaways, some stickers that are really cool. Uh, And they're good stickers. I have one on my computer um, right here. They're really good quality stickers. And then a really good journal. And it says the chief end the man is mm-hmm. to glorify God, right? Yep. Yep. So good stuff. But we love y'all. We thank you for everything. Thank you always for your prayers and support. But until next time, go in peace. Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you next week.